Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. That used to be my favorite song till last week. Seems like I get a new favorite song about every week. People need the Lord. Do you believe that? I do. I still have this uh, uh, childlike belief, I suppose, in my heart that Christ is the answer. He really is. And I pray that God will use us to share that wonderful message with someone. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. And I'm going to begin reading about verse 8, I think. Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm going to begin reading with verse, well, 11. How about that? Let's stand together. Hebrews chapter 13. I like what verse 8 says, don't you? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then uh, the writer to the book of Hebrews says, Do not be led away with different strange teachings, for it is good that the heart be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of the animals whose blood is brought uh, into the holy place by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned where? Where? Burned outside the camp. Now listen to this. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, and acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. And Father, thank you for the celebration of your grace. And now I pray, God, that you'll take this scripture and indelibly put it into our spirit and heart. And I pray, God, that meaningful decisions will be made in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I wanted to remind you this morning that the cross upon which Jesus died was placed in an area so diverse and so cosmopolitan that three languages were labeled on the cross to identify our Lord. One language, Latin, one Hebrew, and one Greek. Our Lord was not crucified in a beautiful church between two candlesticks, but on a garbage heap between two thieves. Think about that. Uh, and think about our life and our response to the needs of so many people in this world. Uh, we just heard people need the Lord. We just heard there's what a powerful name our Lord Jesus Christ has. Amen. Uh, there is no equal. And friends, we need to understand that we must be 
a good, effective, continuous witnesses. Now, listen, as I share with you this morning, I'm going to talk to you about things I think we need to do and accomplish. But at the same time, I want us to examine our life so that we can have an inventory of where we are right now in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the cross up to date in your life? The bodies of the sacrifices were taken outside the camp and burned. And I want to remind you that Jesus Christ himself offered himself outside the gate. That is so terribly important to understand. Let's go to him with a willingness to change our paradigms outside the camp. That's hard for us, isn't it? I mean, seriously, change is difficult for all of us. Would you say amen to that? It is. I was uh, facetiously saying this morning that we got Linda a new machine, and uh, I was so excited about it, I got the machine, he put it in the car, went to the grocery store, and left Linda. And uh, I told her, I just can't remember everything. You know? uh, but but, but you, you need to understand that uh, <laughs> our Lord God is so good, but change comes very difficult uh, to us from time to time. It really does. As I've shared with the people on Wednesday evenings as I've been teaching through the book of Hebrews, it was a real shock to them to hear what the writer to the book of Hebrews was sharing because it was so new and, and, and so challenging uh, to what they have heard before. When you look at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, you'll find out who we're talking about. Uh, listen to what it says about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when it talks about no equal in that song. Listen to this. It says he's the spokesman of God. He really is. He's appointed heir of all things, the designer of the worlds, the brightness of God's glory, the express image of God, the upholder of all creation, Savior of the world, and exalted before God. There's just nothing like Jesus. Amen? You know, I told you uh, once that our society is just really uh, emphasizing resumes. Uh, what it, send me a resume. Uh, most of you sitting here probably have a resume online. Uh, send me a resume. What do you have in your resume? Well, when you want to read the resume of Christ, you just read Hebrews chapter 1. And you'll find that that's the most beautiful resume anywhere in the world. There is no equal to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ, when he offered himself a sacrifice for the sins of man, the Bible says he didn't do it inside the camp. He went outside the camp. That's where he was crucified. Now, may I say something to you? And I don't want to upset you too terribly this morning. Uh, Jesus Christ doing that is telling Judaism and everything that went before him that I'm outside your tradition. The tradition would have been different, but Jesus said, I am outside your traditions. Now, traditions are not all bad. Some are good. But when we get bogged down in the past, that's not good. Can somebody just say amen? Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get so bogged down in what has happened until we don't see what can happen. And even more importantly, what should 
happened. I'm just going to tell you this, that Jesus Christ went outside the tradition of Judaism. He went outside his own traditions. And by that, he's telling us, listen, I'm outside of a lot of stuff that you hold dear. Now, by that, I mean, it's not wrong to have traditions. I've already told you that. But if we just hold to traditions and our life becomes didactic pentameter, dot, 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 then we're not going to do anything really significant for the Savior. We're just going to sing about the past, live in the past, and look to reproduce the past. But the Bible tells us that when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died, He went around that. He died outside the camp. He died outside our tradition. Now, it's not wrong to have uh, homecoming every year. Uh, that's not the tradition I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the tradition that says, if they don't do it like this, then I'm not going to participate. Do you know there are people like that even in the Baptist church? Would you believe that? Uh, uh, listen, uh, we ain't never done it like that before. Have you ever heard that? Uh and Baptists are notorious for this next statement, how much money is it going to cost? You see, uh, we have to understand that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died outside of all that tradition. And we need to understand this, that when we're willing to go where He is, He is absolutely going to meet our needs. And then secondly, Jesus died outside the camp, and He died outside the formalism of Judaism. He went outside the camp to let us know that he's outside tradition and he's outside formalism. Now, when you say, Brother Ronnie, what does that mean? Well, they just had a set pattern of the way to do things. And if they varied from that set pattern, they were heretics. They just had a way to go. And if you didn't go that way, they'd show you another way out the door. You see, formalism is absolutely difficult to overcome. There are still people locked in formalism and going through the mechanics of uh, worshiping God. That's why I like what's happening today in the 21st century. I think you can worship God in a suit. And I think you can worship God in blue jeans. Amen? Uh, You know, it doesn't make any difference. Formalism. Oh, wow. Uh, you can't do this and you can't do that. Did you know there are a lot of people who go to church on Sunday morning and in churches they attend, they are so formal and so bogged down in tradition until if you're not dressed or look a certain way, they won't let you in the door. That's the truth. Sam Cathy, evangelist in Southern Baptist Life, I uh, had him at First Baptist Snellville. I've had Sam Cathy just about everywhere I've ever pastored. He was preaching in Baytown, Texas and First Baptist Church down there, I believe it was. And on the marquee, it said, come as you are. Uh, you know, hear, Sam, hear the gospel. And uh, old Sam was down there at the front door greeting people when they were coming in. And some people came up, and they weren't dressed properly. And, and the men out there just uh, started saying, hey, you're not appropriately addressed to come into church, you know. As a matter of fact, there were some women who had on pants. Can you believe that? Huh? Really? Linda, you can leave now. But anyway, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is, is that when Sam was preaching that night, 
He got up there and he said, man, let me tell you all something. He said, does Christ make, oh yeah, they, he just led them right down Primrose Lane. And he said, didn't you say you could come as you are? Yeah. He slammed his Bible shut and he said, well, we might as well close this meeting. He said, because y'all are liars and your marquee is a liar because you're turning people away because they weren't dressed properly. I'm just going to tell you something, folks. Uh, I don't, I don't believe God's caught up in all that. I, I really don't. I think he's caught up with what we have in our heart. Now, I don't mean you need to, I, I'm not advocating for a nudist colony or anything like that. Uh, I, I just want you to know, uh, we need to be dressed modestly like you all are. But God's not caught up in that. Man gets caught up in that. They really do. There are churches across this metroplex right now that if you're not dressed properly, you're not coming in the door. I, I'm just telling you, Christ died outside all this formalism. He really did. And then he died uh, outside uh, all of things that have appearance and form but have no power invested in them. Listen, folks, uh, it's time to get in on what God's up to. Amen? And what he's up to in many times and in many ways is not what we've been up to or what we've been doing. He's outside that. And so we have to get outside all of that ourselves. And it's hard. It's difficult to change gears. It really is. And particularly as age creeps up on you, it's even more difficult. But we have to know we need to go where Christ is. Joel Baker said this, A leader is a person you will follow to a place that you wouldn't go by yourself. I think we need to be a leader. I think as children of God, mature Christians, that we need to be leading people, many women and boys and girls, where Christ is. We need to be where He is. We need to be what He's doing. We need to be out there where the water hits the wheel. Amen? We need to be out there where the rubber hits the road. All of those old sayings are so applicable when it comes to doing the things that God has called us to do. How long has it been since you witnessed to a checkout counter lady or Man, how long has it been since you just talked to somebody about Jesus? Not just ask them if they go to church somewhere. You can begin to understand then that uh, we are not out there where we ought to be doing what we ought to be doing. Most of us have somehow become so complacent with how things work and we're so comfortable with how we've done it until we are really needing to be shaken in the uh, very spirit and heart. We really need to wake up. Your past paradigms have sometimes paralyzed you about change. We need to get up and go where he is. Amen? Now, I don't know what that means to all of you, but I know what it means to me. Uh, when I was in evangelism at seminary, I had one of the finest teachers in the world. He was on Billy Graham's team for many, many years and was an, an advisor for Billy Graham. And actually... Uh, was the uh, Ph.D. reviewer for Southwestern Seminary for some time, uh, Dr. Roy Fish. Have you ever heard that name? He's a great guy. Uh, he, he taught me personal evangelism. And uh, he said something like this, Evangelism is the compassionate sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit with lost men. You see? that they may know Him as Savior and Lord and in turn share Him with others. 
And that mirrors Second Timothy 2, 2. The same things you've heard of me about among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Man, uh, we we got to get excited again about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? It, it's time for us to go where Christ is. And it's obvious that he's here with us. But man, if we just stay here and not out there... Uh, how are they going to hear? What, what's going to happen? What's going to make things different? How are we, are they going to change unless we're willing to go outside the camp? Go where he is. Let's go to him with an open willingness. Verse 12. The only thing better than speaking to God is really listening to him. Uh, it's time to listen to what he has to say. Christ died out there. He died out there. It was a place where cynics cursed. It's a place where uh, things were just uh, not really good. It's a place where people lied. It's a place where things weren't so great. He died out there. He really did. Uh, that's where we need to be understanding that that's where God has called us. The Bible says we need to go out there bearing His reproach. Uh, that's more than putting a bumper sticker on your car or wearing a cross around your neck. That means you're willing to get your hands dirty. That means you're willing to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go out there where he is. You remember when Jesus was uh, reclining with the tax collectors and, and the publicans and the sinners, the Bible says, and man, it's, ooh, ooh, look what he's doing. Listen, I think Jesus said, you know what? Uh, I, I came to people who need a physician. You know, those of you that think you're already well, you know, you don't need anybody. But I came to those who really need help. I'm going to tell you something, folks. This world in which we live is different from it was when I was a young boy. And it's not getting any better. Uh, it, it's a place out there where, where Jesus lived and showed us how to move and how to do. He, he talked to people. He met with people. He did things that were absolutely uh, blew the mind of the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, they, they just didn't know how to act or react. Ooh, look at him. Look what he's doing. Look who he's talking to. Look who he's having dinner with. Wow. Uh, we need to understand that the world out there needs Jesus. Amen. And if we just stay in the church and love one another and sing beautiful songs and pat each other on the back and hug each other by and get in our car and don't do anything except what we just did here, we're not going to accomplish very much in the name of Jesus. Did you know that? That's a sad reality, but it's the fact. It's true. It really is. What happens is when we leave here, uh, many churches have adopted this through the years, enter the worship, depart to serve. You know, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to go out there where Jesus is. Are you ready to go? Students, you have an opportunity uh, as this new school starts, and this whole new year starts. You have, you have an opportunity to be a good witness for Christ. That don't mean that you walk around with a big cross around your neck and a big blue Bible under your arm and uh, pointing your fingers at everybody and say, repent, turn, or burn. Uh, it just means that wherever you go, that other people can see the difference that Christ has made in your life. Uh, I heard a man say one time, witness at all times 
and when necessary, use words. And I think that's a great, great admonition. Witness at all times, and when necessary, use words. And don't worry about the words you will use, because Jesus said, if you're willing to witness for me and stand up and speak, I'll give you the words in that self-same hour. We have a great opportunity as this new year starts, teachers, students, everybody, to just absolutely be a sweet witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, act as Christ would have us to act, react as Christ would have us to react, and let other people see that there is a difference in the child of God out there. Secondly, uh, you know, we need to really demonstrate the compassion of Christ. Now this environment in which we live is so hostile, it's, it's losing compassion. It's losing its equilibrium when it comes to right and wrong, if it hadn't already lost it completely. It's losing the ability to have a dialogue. It's losing uh, so much. What we have to give as children of God to this society in which we live and this culture is we just have to give them a better answer. And the better answer is that Jesus Christ can change anything about your life and about your situation. We have to be a good witness for our Heavenly Father. Parents, are you ready to go? Students, are you ready to go? Teachers, support people, are you ready to go? Sunday school teachers, deacons, leaders, are we ready to go out there where Jesus is? Listen, everybody needs somebody. Will you be somebody to someone? It's time for us to understand uh, that we need to go outside the camp. It's fun to go to camp, ain't it? It's fun to come here. I enjoy church. I really do. Y'all know that. Uh, I, I just love coming to church and singing songs and reading the scripture and praying and seeing you and touching you and hugging you. Uh, there's just nothing like the family of God, but this is kind of like inside the camp, amen? This this is kind of like, wow, man, and, and we need it. We really do. Uh, as a matter of fact, in Hebrews 10, 25, it says this, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but to exhort one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come. This is the right thing to do. But, oh, listen, we got to go outside the camp. we we got to get out there where Jesus is. we got to get out in this world, and we've got to make a difference again. We really have. What's happened to us? Not old forms of the past, but new and higher forms that represent Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. We've got to offer the offering of praise, as it says in this scripture, 15 and 16, verses 15 and 16 of chapter 13. Uh, the offering of well-doing, the offering of worship and praise. That's wonderful. Did you know the more we confess Jesus Christ is Lord, I believe the more we'll become concerned about the souls of men. The more we confess Jesus Christ is Lord, the more we'll become concerned about doing something outside the camp. It's so important for us to move to that position. Listen to this. 
at the turn of the last century, not the 19th, but uh, yeah, at the end of uh, 1799 to 1800. Listen to this. The person who was in charge of the Office of Patents wrote this to the President of the United States. You can close this office because I can assure you, Mr. President, that everything a man can think of and everything that a man can invent has already been thought of and invented and patented. So therefore, you can close this office respectfully. Sign his name. Uh, may I ask you a question? Was his name Vern? Duh. You know, but he actually believed that in his heart. Did you know there are a lot of people that believe it? This is it. This is the way to do it. Don't talk to me about anything else because I'm just not going to do it. In 1870, a bishop rose to preach a sermon. And as he was preaching... A person said that, sir, I believe that one day people will learn to fly. No, said the preacher. I don't think men will ever learn to fly. He said, flight is reserved for the angels. That sermon was preached by Bishop Milton Wright, the father of Orville and Wilbur Wright. Do you know, for some people, I think the patent office is closed. And for some people, I think that they just think, do you know there's probably people in this room today that don't believe man ever walked on the moon? I'm serious. We get so locked in, in, in our minds about things until we just, we just somehow get paralyzed by the past. And when we become paralyzed by the past, it makes us just about useless in the future. God, I want to get in on what you're up to. Where are you, Lord? Give us a hint. And he says, I'm out there. Are you ready to go where he is? Get in on what he's up to? Oh, I am. It's fun. It's challenging. Sometimes just a little bit scary. But you know what? He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Man, there's just nobody like Jesus. Amen. Let's just go where he is. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for reminding us in the Scriptures that uh, not only do you love us so very much and you gave your life for us and took it up again that we might have our sins forgiven and have everlasting life and that we seek a city not built with human hands, eternal in the heavens. Thank you, God, that you died outside the camp, outside all the, the hush and the rush and the formalism and the this and the that. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that 
you're concerned about the whole world. And help us, Heavenly Father, to look at our own personal experience and be willing to do and to go so that we too can go where you are and meet the needs of men and women and boys and girls. Father God, change our hearts and change our mind. Use us. Use me. And now, Father, I pray this morning if there's someone here that accepted Christ as their Savior and Lord, but have not come and followed in baptism, I just pray, God, you'd send that person this morning. It's so wonderful. And, Father, I pray if there are others who'd like to be a part of this great fellowship, God, you'd send them. And, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for every one of us that today, right where we sit or right where we stand, that you would challenge us to get the cross up to date in our life and to be willing to go where you are. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray God will use this message for his glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.